It's the Life After High School podcast. Joey, brother, welcome to the welcome to the show, man. I'm uh, I'm grateful for your time, and I'm uh, I'm excited to chat with you today. Hey, Glenn, how are you doing today? Man, I'm good. I'm good. It's been uh, it's been a crazy, crazy week, crazy time since uh, last time I've done a podcast in person. So um, this whole Zoom thing's been uh, been crazy, but uh, we're doing all right. We're doing all right. How you feeling today? Great, great. Uh, I had a had a good day. Thanks for having me on the show. I, I was really looking forward to this. Awesome, man. Me too. So how long you uh, right out the gate? How long you been growing that uh, beard, that sucker? That's a that's a man's <laughs> beard, dude. Like how long you been growing that? <laughs> Uh, well, before the, before I had the job that I do now, uh, I was kind of like clean shaven for a good while. And, uh, that was, I've been here, I've been there for about a year and a half. And the day after I got hired, I decided, decided I'm not shaving anymore. So <laughs> fair. Why bother? I, I, uh, I laugh because I, I wonder what my manager thinks, you know, I, when I, when I got the interview, I was wearing like full suit, clean shave, slick back the hair. The nines, everything. <laughs> and now I show up in like cargo shorts and everything. Oh, no. Too dress, funny. dress down, I guess, you know, for the occasion. You always want to, that first impression matters a lot. So, you know. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. I do the same. So. I, I just think it's funny. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So, um, let's go back then um to your kind of transitioning into post-secondary school out of high school and what was that kind of like and uh, how we how do we get bring us all here from there to where we are today what's uh what's that adventure been like wow oh yeah One, yeah it's been a it's been a, a wild ride no pun intended um in in high school i think that i wasn't really geared i wasn't gearing myself to to go to post-secondary school it would have been maybe into like college but mm. i decided really early on i had made up my mind that i was going to go into a trade right? right um and i did uh uh industrial electrician co-op apprenticeship thing Jeez. and that was i think in the fourth year fourth year of high school and uh i decided that's what i wanted to do i wanted to become a linesman actually a hydroman because that's what my dad does. Oh, geez. And so, you know, I worked at, at this industrial electrician place, and I decided after, like, six months, I said, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Unreal. I was kind of like, what am I going to do now? And my mom <laughs> said, well, why, why don't you go to university and do something, like, through that venue? And I said, oh, I, I really always wanted to become a teacher. Mm -hmm. right and so this was my fourth year of, of uh, high school right and yeah. so i had no university courses ready to go and there's right. no way there's no way i would have been able to apply um mm -hmm. so i went to my guidance counselor and i did uh summer school i did you know like a very very intense year of of uh high school which was like my victory lap right yeah to get all these university credits somehow i passed all the courses with nice. good mark i got into uh brock university nice. for uh, their concurrent education program oh cool and so like my dream my dream was coming true the, yeah the goals were kind of like set in motion right yeah it's coming together but i uh i got grouped together with a bunch of uh knuckleheads uh. <laughs> first year university 
Amazing. And yeah, you know, the story goes, <laughs> we partied quite a bit. And so I actually got kicked out of the, well, I sort of got yeah. kicked out of the program. Like and, a mutual understanding of this ain't going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that really helped me, you know, focus in on, you know, the concurrent ed was, was a lot of different subjects, right? Mm. And the ones that I really, really enjoyed were science, like physical sciences and geography. Right. And so they said, you can still go to school here, but you're not going to be in the concurrent education program. And so I decided to dial in on geography and earth sciences. Nice. And so I spent, you know, that first year was basically a write-off. And then I did. Uh, Always I is, did. dude. Always <laughs> is. Always is. Yeah. Myself included. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And so uh, I finished. I did uh, another four years at Brock. Mm-hmm. And I graduated. um honors geography degree at Brock and then I I didn't see any opportunity to get employment out of that and so I decided to go do uh, like a post uh, grad thing mm-hmm. and I was tossing up whether I should go to do my master's or um, you know go into something else but I just kind of flew by the seat of my pants that entire time mm-hmm. Uh, through through university and through through high school too um it's kind of just the way i happen to go go about things um and so i went to niagara college for ecosystem restoration and ecology yeah so born out of that uh i got hired on to a conservation authority doing a habitat restoration it was it was really cool i had a really great experience and it was all contract work which was yeah. which is pain in the ass what is that um, like what what were you experiencing typically like every like six to eight months contract li- lengthwise or basically like that my my initial contract was four months and i was just like mm. and like it's cool it, work though eh it, oh it's great yeah. oh man i i still i still miss that job you know um I'm, I've got a really great job now, but yeah, I think back the, the, like, you know, hindsight, you're always, you know, grass is always greener on the other side, but yeah. it was, it was a really, really cool job. And it's just that the contract work, worrying, worrying about where you're going to be next, where you're going to be in six months, you know, you're going to mm-hmm. have to look for another job. The security wasn't there. And, yeah. you know, growing up in my household, my mom was a nurse. So mm-hmm. that was an extremely, secure job yeah very high demand too yeah Mm. and my dad my dad was a hydro linesman that was extremely secure yeah it's like recession proof that's what he always told me when i was a kid it's a recession proof job even if you know there is a recession you're still gonna have a job people still need to be able to turn the lights on so that that's that was like built up in my mind to be Mm -hmm. the ideal occupation something with stability and so the conservation authority just didn't have that. Um, and so when I was working at the conservation authority, I was getting contract after contract. Obviously, they liked me. I got to stick around. Yeah. I do a lot of cool. I, I jumped around, did a, a few different jobs. Um, but honestly, like during that time, I was putting out like 
three or four resumes a week for a year it it was just like i could not find i could not land anything else nothing permanent eh nothing oh that's crazy now before we move on uh with it uh what was in that experience what was probably you said it's a really cool job and it sounds incredible what was something that like stood out to you as like a favorite experience or memory from that time at least from the from that type of job or from that job specifically yeah i mean um obviously the people you know like like most like most occupations or jobs or experiences in school the people you work with and you get to spend the time with are really what make it um but i remember i was like i drove to the job site with another guy that i was working mm-hmm. with named jack nice. jack's jack. a super jack's a super cool dude jack and, uh, just a solid stand-up guy shout out that's awesome and we the job for the day was we just hiked a trail and looked at trees wrote mm-hmm. which species of trees it was and that's it just literally hiked around for six hours so just oh yeah that's norway maple that's uh you know white spruce it that was it it you was have to map amazing. like where on the trail you found it or like how far into that just oh this is oh. That. just what trees were out there well, we, we had we had a trail that we had to follow. Right. Like, we want to know what trees are on this trail. Right. right? We want to know about okay. the of species. They want to know about species at risk. Um, you know, but I remember Jack and I walking around. We're just like, I cannot believe that this is a job. Like this. That's awesome. Thing. Like we're just literally <laughs> going for a hike. Oh my god! Getting paid. So- getting paid well the whole time yeah that's crazy yeah so um i had i had questions for you also um we were talking about my school uh where where did you uh go to school <laughs> so i went to school post-secondary at uh algonquin college in uh, ottawa good old nation's capital so that's kind of nice. where yeah man that's kind of where my uh area took off from there um I was talking to a friend of mine recently, actually, funny side thing is that I guess I was like, I had wanted to start a podcast when I was in like third year and she was like, like in 2017 and she was like, yeah, you've always wanted to start one. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, you talked about it when you were in like at work, like at class and doing projects. I was like, that's interesting. And then it's just kind of what was cool where I found my connection to you aside from like having like. Andre as like a mutual follower and seeing whatever you like seeing the cool things you do was what gravitates me to that is I had worked at outdoor centers I'd worked at summer camps growing up kind of for my contractual summer jobs where I'm making one one eighth of what my friends are making in the span of four months but I'm I'm having 200 times more fun yeah you know it's like I'm teaching kayaking on the lake in 20 degree weather they're in a metal fabrication shop i'm yeah. pennies to their dollars and i'm no regrets so uh, yeah uh, good time there are no regrets with those types of experiences no it's like hiking taking tree notes down there's no uh doesn't get much better than that 
So yeah, you got to think, cool. you think yourself and just like, wow, yeah. this, is, this is a pretty cool job. But on the other hand, no stability and you're making pennies. Pennies right? to the dollar, yeah. And so yeah. that's why I, I had to get out of there. And I knew that as much as I wanted to stay. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Interesting. So where did you kind of uh, branch off from there? And like that was with like into a more geography focus as well? Or like still staying in that geography focus? Definitely. Um, you know, I, I was focusing my job search um, around, you know, the sciences. And mm -hmm. I, re I really wanted to get into like wildlife, but it's extremely competitive. Um, yeah. And I kind of had to, I kind of had to, you know, once again, I was just kind of putting one foot in front of the other um just falling literally falling into my next move that that's nice. the way it's always been i don't know how i've gotten this far but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unreal it, yeah like after after putting out hundreds of resumes i got uh, a call back from the federal government um to work as a meteorological technician cool I had taken meteorology and climatology in university mm -hmm. um, and those were some of my favorite courses. And what's, what was interesting was the girl that I had learned about the job from uh, had graduated from the same program like two years earlier. Oh, cool. I I'd never met her. I don't know how I got uh, introduced to her, but it, it was on my, my, my LinkedIn feed. And I was just like, yep. Oh, that looks cool. I'll throw my hat in the ring. Nice. And so that, uh, and I think that what really helped me in that, in that uh, labor pool for that job was my past experience in the military mm -hmm. because in the, um, in the application, it, it allowed you to list your uh, service number. And they said priority will be given to veterans. Come on, and, and uh, Canadian Armed Forces members, which is what you were at the time. Yeah, it was or what you was, were. Yeah, during that time, I was uh, a reserve infantry soldier. Or, nice. or I, had just, I had just left, and so I plugged in my service number, and it worked. Um, <laughs> Miraculous. Front of the line. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, so so that's where I work now. I work for uh, Environment Canada, and it's like the government stable job that I, I've been looking so, for yeah. up until this time. Wow, and that yeah, that's your current job, eh? That's cool. What's like a typical day like in that industry? So that's a that's a very new thing for me. The government is uh, a lot of paperwork. Yeah. 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 Oof. Yeah. But, uh, on, on a on a typical day it's it's a really cool job you're fixing instruments like i basically just go to weather stations around the southern ontario region and uh and fix them and maintain them make sure they're working nice. monitor the data and make sure all that <laughs> good to go mm -hmm. and so you know thinking back all that all that work with wiring and um, uh, industrial electrician apprenticeship work, yeah. that all 
fed into the job that I currently have, right. like in small ways, you know, working with wires and, and having uh, theoretical knowledge of electronics and stuff like that. And I also worked at a, an underground utility uh, installer Jeez. That, that did uh, like throughout university in the summers, I would work for this trenching company putting in underground uh, hydro cables. And I would actually be subcontracted by my dad's hydro work to put in cables for them. And so like, you know, on some sort of same side of the coin, yeah. I was doing that hydro linesman work, but I was just, you know, to a different degree. Yeah. That's and so nice. I, did that for, I did that for a couple of summers. And, and now when we do uh, weather stations, we're doing trenching and we're putting in underground cable and stuff like that. So everything, every step that I fell into led up to me fitting the role of this job extremely well no kidding eh? everything fell into place like it was just a matter of time just everything like you said manifested to help you with what you're doing now that's nuts how it all played out and it wasn't necessarily me trying to push it that way right it it was like literally just falling into my next move at every point Mm -hmm. interesting dude so what so far career-wise career focused um for now what is probably your favorite and your least favorite career experience so far (laughs) oh yeah oh man everybody's got one and they're always ridiculous there's pros and cons to all of them (laughs) um but uh you know i don't know like being in the military and getting screamed at all the time was a challenge, but you know what? It was it was really really cool. I loved it. Um, Interesting. Once you get, once you get past that hard surface, it's it's really really cool. Huh. And there's there's like a respect behind that uh, hard harsh authority, you know. Um, <laughs> so I can't really say that that would had that was a bad experience, but. I, I I did uh, one summer at that tranching company. I was working with a guy named Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy was a hard ass guy, man. <laughs> oh, he would just he was like degrading. Uh. Call me names on the job site, just like oh, I was his slave, man. It was Oof. brutal. Not a nice guy. Not a yeah, nice no. guy to be with. And uh, funny enough. He, before I had met him and worked for him, he won the lottery. I hate him already. So, like, he was still working. He was still working this crappy-ass, dead-end, you know, trenching job. But he was a millionaire screaming at me all day, every day. Man, like, come on. Get out of here. You don't (laughs) need to be here. Oh, no. That's incredible. Oh my God. Yeah, it was brutal. So awful. Like, yeah, he would just sit on his phone and like, and I guess he was like in stocks and stuff. And he was just on his phone all day. And then he'd poke his head out and just yell at me and tell me to do this, that, this. <laughs> Call me names. It was just like, oh my God. I need to get out of here. And that was like, that was right. My reminder 
every summer I would go to do that job and it would be like, man, this is why I'm going to school. Like, cause I got to get out of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And smart, you know, like, like, like you and I were talking about earlier, mm-hmm. I, I had another buddy in high school and he went into the trades right after high school. Right. And he became a really, you know, you know, three or four, well, maybe not three or four, five or six years after high school, this guy was making like 90 K in the trades, you know? And I I was just in university, like stinking like $10,000 a year in, in debt to Mm -hmm. pay for school. Right. I was taking a loan to go to school and I'd save up over the summer and make like piss money, like peanuts you know yeah. and i'm digging a debt hole while this other guy who didn't go to go to school was making tons of money buying a, buying a house buying a truck and i was just like down in the dumps you know i was like man i'm really feeling sorry for myself yeah it's a tough game to get wrapped up in when you start to compare yourself to people yeah like and it's, that's, it's right. brutal but now that i'm looking back on it you know in the position that i'm in now i'm, I'm thinking you know I did the right thing. I think that I did the right thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if I had made that choice back in the day to go the same route as somebody else, like mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be as fulfilled as I feel now. You know what right. I mean? That makes a lot of sense. Like I have a similar scenario with a friend of mine, really good friend of mine. I've known him since grade 11 he was in grade 12 he did two years of like professional soccer but he came back not going to mention his name but if he's listening he knows it's him um so yeah well you know he uh be his problem he'll he'll talk to me about it um but i'll uh dude it's um i went uh i went to school with him he was uh studying like uh civil engineering or something at a ottawa u of o university of ottawa right and uh go ggs and um I was studying at Algonquin and then, you know, we both were working hard, but like I was managing time to like for friends, like to do all these things when I'm out of the city that I grew up in. So I'm like, this is a new experience. Make the most of it. Right. He was in the same boat. It was a new city, everything, but he was always focused on school and it paid off. Whereas like now he's like, you said 80, 90 grand a year, like six figures, new brand new truck, new trailer, like trailers bigger than my, folks out like just ridiculous but every time the one in every couple months that i see him he's working right now as a head engineer way up north like kenora like out of middle of nowhere gravenhurst doing like uh doing road construction in the middle of nowhere living out of his trailer i see him once in a blue moon and on that day joey every time i hang out with him he i've never met somebody who's more exhausted than that guy just every day he's just depressed he's like oh man i'm like i don't know what i should buy with my money a jet ski or a quad and i'm like what you and i have different problems my friend but i'm able to smile when i speak people like man you're just nice to everyone i'm like well it's because i feel good yeah i don't feel down in the dumps where everybody pisses me off just because they remind me of a guy who i used to work with but then like you said you have guys like uh the lottery winner there who just want Jimmy, right? Who uh, they just want, like he works for those type of people every day. Yeah. And that's the industry. 
That is. But you know, people are meant for that industry. Everybody's meant. Everybody's meant for something, right? And those those streams exist for those types of people, Mm -hmm. right? Right. And I'll. It, it's interesting but anyway switching gears a bit um you plugged it a bit at the beginning when you made a reference that i think everybody will get now but i got it and i know you get you'll get it and know what i'm talking about but wild geographer yes okay so that's kind of how i was introduced to you um take me through what that process was like like you created that separate you have a separate account you created to display simply your passion for outdoor adventures, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So why is that a separate thing? And like, it does well for like a separate thing, especially when it's not your personal. I mean, it is your personal, but it's, it's like a passion hobby page kind of thing. And I think it's sick. So tell me how that kind of like, what inspired that to kind of create come to fruition, That's, I guess. And, and you know what? I thought, I thought this question would be coming up. And so I kind of thought about it and it's relatively new to me still, you know, I, I only, I didn't even start it. Started it less than a year ago, I think yeah. in July. Right. Great. And I, I had always been uh, an outdoorsy kind of person. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't do it. I didn't do any organized camps or anything like that. I went out with my dad who, yeah. you know, had all the camping gear and, you know, the stoves and I was just, you know, it, it was like a romanticized and idealized, you know, thing in my mind from from a young age. But, you know, it didn't take a huge part of my life until the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. And so I think the earth science studies kind of helped, you know, structure that as well. And time in the military, you know, being put in really, really harsh, uncomfortable situations and dealing with that uh, kind of pushed me to, uh, you know, crave it. Right. Uh, crave being, uh, you know, in shitty situations. <laughs> but uh, um, why I started it, I, I started watching guys like uh, Joe Robinette, um Jim Baird, Ted Baird, yeah. uh, and uh, another fella in Newfoundland called the Newfoundland Explorer, Justin Barber. And I was watching these guys' videos. And I've always uh, been putting out something creatively from, you know, the time, the age of maybe like 11 or 12. I was in bands, right? Mm-hmm. And we would record music. Yeah. And I, I've, I've always recorded something creatively, putting it out, you know? recording demos in the, in the basement at 12, 13, 14. And then later on, I got into another hardcore band and we were releasing like well-produced albums. And then I moved on to like a, another band that we were, but it was always mm-hmm. creating, creating a product, recording something authentic and genuine and presenting it to an audience, you know? Right. And I haven't done music in, quite some time ah, i should get back into it now i still play for my my own thing right. but that recording and putting stuff out there yeah. has not been a part of my life for a number of years mm-hmm. and i think i think that i was missing that and 
want, watching the guys, uh, like I mentioned, yeah, I thought, you know, that looks really, really cool. I like going outside and I like doing all this stuff. Why don't I just start recording it and, you know, put it together for, you know, for my own enjoyment. I, yeah. I enjoy putting the creative effort into recording and editing and producing a product product for people to consume or to watch or to enjoy i like to share that experience right that's cool and i i don't know whether it's music or art or yeah uh, you know videos like that i think that's i think that's where that drive comes from interesting just a desire to create yeah yeah and i think i had been lacking that for some time Mm -hmm. and that that's kind of where it just kind of boiled up over time. And that's what the outcome was. Hmm. Interesting. Cause what yeah. now that's kind of the same reason as to why I started doing podcasts and everything. Cause it was, it's almost like an outlet and I still like, I'm not as consistent with adventure videos or travel videos or anything. If you've seen any, but like that I've done, but uh, it's very, very cool to me to tell a story. Right. Create, yeah. Right. And that's where I think there's something that people can take. Everybody takes out something differently, right? Or everybody goes through an experience differently and being able to, share a story or create something for somebody they're experiencing an emotion when they see or watch or listen or in any way they choose consume what you're creating they get to then it's a form of connection that they feel with you where in this case if people listening to the show they hear me they go for you stay for me like all these good things that happen and then seeing your videos makes makes me Immediately, I go, damn, I wish I was there with them. Second thought, man, that's really cool. I want to do something like it. And then third is kind of, man, I can't wait to ask this guy about this. Right? It's always like, um, those are at least in this case with uh, your Algonquin trip, like the most yep. recent video, I think. Is it the mo- it's not the most recent, is it? It is. Um, it might have just been the like, first one I saw. Yeah, they're kind of like the, the meat and potatoes of, of the content that I have up right now. Right. So. Okay, that's why I stick to that one. But uh, yeah, so then those are, that's kind of what I get out of it. And then seeing then from what different people, other people might watch, they might get something different out of it. But it's a very cool way, I think, to connect with people and then seeing those things. And then I go, okay this dude's sick. I want to talk to him. I want to meet him. Like he's doing these cool things. We have this connection for him because I've done these, he's doing this. All right, let's pick his brain. And then now we're here. And that's kind of how that comes to fruition, which is fascinating, but also kind of terrifying when you think it's just a stranger saying, Hey, you want a video chat for an hour on a Sunday, you know, when you break it down, but you know, it's a good time. But I, I mean, I, I watched a, a number of your other podcast videos yep. with other guests and oh, nice. yeah, like it's really interesting. I found it really interesting the, the way you sat down and like you said, picked their brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was, 
like the whole I read I read the description in your intro video and and the whole connection uh, oriented you know mm-hmm. I, Interesting. I think that's like that's behind it all for me yeah. at the same time um, yeah just different know. form of um, portray- different form of creating yeah with the same medium yeah. I mean it it, it it's a challenge though like getting into getting into podcasting did you find there were hurdles for you to get over like yeah it's a weird it's a very weird thing because it's and i i like want you to do this but i don't but i tell people i'm like listen to the first episode i ever did and then listen to this one it's disgusting to listen to (laughs) i don't rec like it's like almost 400 views like it's got a lot of downloads like my third most downloaded it's absolute crap it's a great friend of mine um a really funny guy but you can tell that we're both very like tense and it's very awkward even though we've been friends for like 10 years i still like you would it's the it's like hey so what's your favorite color and i'm like fiddling with my phone it's just brutal there's connected connection there's no genuine interest it was it was just but i mean it's the first one you do you can't really hold it but yeah when you see that development that's kind of what helps when sometimes it's like oh this isn't great or when you're by yourself doing your own show i think what makes good episodes great is when the host is a genuine genuinely curious in what the guest is saying or the guests themselves in this case and so i think that getting over the hurt not much of a hurdle but it was just a matter of getting more comfortable building the skill that is conversation because it is it is a skill yeah it definitely is um like i'm thinking back to like i did videos before the algonquin trip and i i played Mm -hmm. the back myself and i was just like this is this is nothing like i I don't know what to do with this (laughs) (laughs) you know Unreal. And uh, like it's it's hard to because I came up with the whole wild geographer thing and I was just like you're almost like creating a new not identity but a new like sort of new I new concept of you yeah yourself right it's and a different so, showcase of a personality that you don't usually yeah. put on display and, and it's hard to be it's hard to do that uh green mm-hmm. and be authentic at the same time yeah right like i was trying like holding a camera up and filming myself and talking mm-hmm. to somebody who's not there it's weird I, isn't found, it? I found that so strange at the beginning and I, I was just like yeah so you know this is me at camp uh, <laughs> yeah you know it, it was it was really odd it's, it's, a, it's a hard thing to get used to very very difficult dude i think uh when i I had a friend of mine asked me that when he was like episode three or something three or four and uh he said um he was like hey man are you do you get nervous like i'm you seem very comfortable on camera and i was like i don't feel very comfortable on camera but when i went in right after i graduated school i worked at an outdoor center in halliburton and i worked at the summer camp there um and i what did I do? I worked, I worked there and then I left early and traveled Europe for six weeks. 
like road trip with one of my best friends at the time, starting in Amsterdam, going as far east as Romania, and then cycling back through the Balkans and up through Paris. Wow. Yeah, epic. Vlogged the whole time. A pretty cool trip. It was absolutely wild, right? As you can imagine. And so then, like, I'm vlogging the whole time. So I picture a guy wearing this exact hat with <laughs> a red T-shirt of the summer camp with shoes and bright shorts sitting on the front steps of the Monte Carlo casino with a video camera in front of his face when you got Rolls Royces on either side of me and people dressed to the nines behind me and security looking real upset at whatever I was doing. It's probably just their resting face, but I was just, it was, you got comfortable in a very uncomfortable situation. It's nobody, you're out there. It's like, oh, putting yourself out there. It's like, I was out there. That's, right. it's crazy. So that's kind of where that it's, you get more comfortable doing things like that, but it's not, you can't teach it. Right. It's kind of just, you got to be put yeah. in crappy situations to get more comfortable with them. So as yeah, you can imagine, it's just like adjusting, right. Um, mm -hmm. I've been put in some pretty uncomfortable situations. Uh, like in, in military training, it was just infantry is just being comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just like embracing the suck but yeah aside from that uh being like when i used to play in bands i would play in front of like there was a couple of shows where there was like like a thousand two thousand people there right and i'm up on up on stage like screaming into a microphone yeah playing guitar and headbanging in the background i'm looking at this group of people who are beating the living hell out of each other in the like mosh pit area and then, and they're listening to me like scream at them i'm just like what what is going on here you know and so like i i, I just i got used to that and performing like that came second nature after a mm -hmm. while you know? um and people would people would ask me too like don't you get nervous um but you know after a while it just you just get so comfortable with it, you know? Yeah. And I was going to ask, I think people, or you'd say, Hey, are you, is it easy to be a character? Like you're playing that guy that is in front of 2000 plus people in front of another 15, 20 in the crowd, beating the hell out of each other because of the word they're so influenced by what you're saying. And is it easier to do like just go out there and be that person and then all of a sudden you're now a different person or is it easier just to be yourself and put wow, yourself out there that's a really good question i i had never really thought about it that way um you know because i i don't know i don't i don't think that i had ever really put on a character for 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 that you know i i kind of just it, it's it was a creative outlet right so i was just right. kind of like after the first after the first you know going through the motions it was just like balls to the wall like give it everything you got yeah. you know everything that everything that you're you want to channel through this mode of you know expression yeah and and like we were talking about authenticity like mm -hmm. authenticity brings uh what's truly that piece to together right. that's that's what people enjoy you know they don't like uh, you can make the argument pop music is 
like necessarily authentic people still enjoy it but right. you know people who really really enjoy stuff they they dig into that authenticity right yeah and i think that authenticity to your point is where people get that for where that opening is for people to connect to you yes right yeah, yeah. like with that side of you that is displayed in the wild geographer side that was my that was your outlet and expression but that was my form of connection to you right, right? yeah so like, at least with that present example that's where when, I, when, I'm, so. when i'm wild geographer right I'm, I'm still like it's just me like right after, after going through the first little figuring out stuff you know it's it's me literally just landed on the line just being me and talking to the camera you know it's there's no character there's no anything that mm-hmm. just in genuine stuff doesn't really go very far and you right. can tell right yeah and i think that was i always wonder that because when in terms of characters like pe- like personalities when i was working at camps a lot of my the thing was this character i was portraying that was just a version of myself turned up to another level where it's you i can access that if i knew it's this wild crazy like just yelling all the time like trying to make the most like the funniest things happen in every situation and like center of attention or then there's like the person who's reserved level-headed like very engaged in what's going on aware but doesn't say much versus the guy who's always talking and it's like there's i'm almost like playing a character but then removing but yeah, it's a it's a very weird uh, it's a very weird thing, but it's very I think it's easier to be that way than it is to actually be yourself. I think being yourself yeah. is tough. Authenticity is not easy to do or to be. But I would like there's the whole there's the whole concept like when you come home you you hang up your mask right your your job for your job of performing for everybody you interact with in your day is mm-hmm. done. Just kind of relax, <laughs> do whatever. Yeah. But. That's it makes cool. you think it makes you think i wonder how teachers do it you know like how do they go to work every day and deal with all these crazy yeah. kids power to you like jeez. Yeah. but um so switch gears a bit what is the most uncomfortable moment on a canoe trip you've had because the military sounds like it was there's like a lot of different moments that all kind of would be similar yeah like i feel like it was like more volume process but i'm wondering if there's a moment on a canoe trip that kind of stands out to you where you're like oh shit we got to do something okay well i got a couple of good stories for you <laughs> i'm all ears um so i i tried to like pride myself on being safe right especially outdoors you okay. gotta be safe um because at the end of the day you know your five hour canoe ride canoe ride or more from you know safety you know so you always have to have your mind on safety but uh you know complacency is also a thing <laughs> so I, was, uh, I was collecting some firewood and i was pulling a branch down from a tree and uh the branch kind of broke off awkwardly and it smoked me in the back. It wasn't a small branch. It was like, like that, like 
few feet long and it fucking just wailed me and i was just like oh man that could have been a lot worse you know and it was just like a moment of a moment of clarity i was just like and i had brought out uh, a friend of mine who was less than experienced in a canoe and mm. i had the dog with me uh. and you know it was one of those moments where i was just like oh man i gotta take a step back and really evaluate you know reevaluate what i'm doing here you know and mm-hmm. you know recenter my focus on being safe and having fun you can have fun but you have to be safe right. and you know that reminds me of other stories my uncle my uncle clive he's he's nuts man he's uh he's a go-getter um Clyde. I, remember, I remember him telling he was a uh, he was doing like a ski rescue uh in bc uh as, as like an occupation at one point he was like a, he was like a mountain mountaineer rescue hero what an animal <laughs> what, oh my gosh one of those jobs that we were talking about earlier yeah it's like probably probably a, an experience of a lifetime but oh yeah he said that he was on a hike with his kid uh who my cousin and they ran into uh, a grizzly bear and he said they were like six hour hike from the from the car and he had uh oh your dad oh he was just like i was like oh. i was asking like, have you ever come across bear or like i was asking him similar questions you're asking me some crazy stories tell me some crazy stories and we'll call it. and he tells me the story he's, he's like in that moment i i looked at caleb i was just like oh man this is a very very bad situation and he he was just like focused on focused on the moment remembered what he was supposed to do if he ever came across a bear and he said he was like you know maybe like less than 100 meters away from the bear and the bear noticed that they were there you know a lot of times if you're if you're upwind or if you're downwind of a bear they won't smell you and you can probably just like skirt around and mm-hmm. have to interact with them but he said he remembers the bear looking straight at him and he was just like this is not good picked up cousin put him on his shoulders and he just started walking back slowly and i was just like man that's that's one crazy ass story (laughs) yeah oh man it's not only him that was uh there you know he's got like young toddler kid there too right just put him on the shoulders and backed up no way oh my god oh yeah. stress me out those are that yeah bc bears it's kind of it's not your average black bear black, black bears around here are a different right they yeah you, don't have to, you, you need to be safe but big you know, dogs yeah they're different right. than uh grizzly bears and kodiaks oh yeah that's no no thanks that's no, uh, that's no messing around there. Jeez. The story I was thinking of less, less of a safety concern, but it was in that Algonquin video with uh, yeah. my buddy Bryce and I. My buddy Bryce and I go back quite a long time, actually. He was the guy I partied with too much in university and got kicked out of. Uh, no regrets, TV. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a write-off. Oh, his nickname is uh, Bad Luck Bryce. Just like terrible, terrible, terrible luck. Oh, no. 
he's he's the nicest dude like super stand-up guy brilliant uh but he's, he's got this thing about him and he's it's a quirk he's, he's got bad luck sometimes it's, I, I think it's hilarious <laughs> i remember uh we packed we portaged it was like a 600 meter 800 meter portage and then uh we had to canoe i think it was like four four kilometers something like that four or five kilometers and it was it was an okay stretch of river and, and uh, lake but we get to the other portage you know it takes took us like i don't know maybe an hour two hours to do that little stretch and we realized when we we're unpacking the boat we forgot oh, no. an entire bag of food bro back at the portage that we had just left it was and so well, we kind of getting late in the day and we were lollygagging and fishing and you know at that point we we're just like wow we screwed up and now we got to pour the coal on because it's going to be dark soon and we got to go get that food otherwise yeah and so we hustled back and then hustled back again. We did the same stretch of river and lake three times, added another like three or four hours onto our day and a way too many kilometers that we need, didn't need to do. Jeez. But, uh, we were kicking ourselves in the ass. We got, got back to camp or we got to the, the camp that we were supposed to get to and we were just gassed. So done. So tired. Oh, bad. Yeah. Oh, made, made dinner and went right to sleep. Jeez, eh? Fuck. Bad luck, Brian, eh? Jeez. Yeah, bad luck, Bryce. Bryce. Jeez. Oh, man. Oh, buddy. He's a champion. Yeah? Jeez. Oh, man. So, if money's not an option, and I give you a magic wand, and I say, all right, Joey, what's your ultimate dream adventure? Go. Uh, Anywhere in the world, no money is an issue. Money's not an ob- object. Whoever you take, whatever is in your gear bag, take me through it. Uh, there's lots of places in the world that I'd like to go. Um, but honestly, I think some of the coolest, coolest places in the world are here in Canada. Yeah. I'd love, I'd love to go up and see some stuff in Northwest Territories. Yukon, mm-hmm. um, Nunavut. Uh, I I love going out to Newfoundland. Um, I'm at, I'm getting married out in Newfoundland with uh, my fiance next year. Oh man, congratulations! That'll be sick. Way Thank to go! You. Way to go! That's awesome. Yeah, it's gonna be a blast. Um, but my idea for the honeymoon was to do the East Coast Trail, which is like six day hike. That's cool. I don't know. I don't know if Nicole's on board for that, but <laughs> <laughs> she'll like it afterwards for sure. And probably yeah, the accomplishment. <laughs> it's the idea of it that's never really the selling point. Yeah, maybe not on the honeymoon. Maybe we'll do it another. <laughs> Couple months in. Yeah. 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 I, I think that uh I think Canada is a really cool place to explore. And mm-hmm. I there's a lot of things on my bucket list and majority of them are in canada really yeah so you've 
because I've never been to Newfoundland, but last October, me and four of my best friends went, and uh, we went from, they drove down from Ottawa, picked me up in Sudbury, me and my buddy Alex up in Sudbury, and we drove out west and back to Victoria. We went as far as Victoria, and it was just just a time again, just crazy things happening. You can't explain it. Like, you're moving, like, the days are going by so fast. Like yeah. you're exhausted, you're overtired, you're hungover, like you're drunk, your belly's full, but you're always hungry. Like it's just this weird mix of everything going on. But what's Newfoundland like? Oh man, it's it's pretty cool. It's honestly like uh, it's from another time, I would yeah. say. Yeah, if you go to if you go to this like coastal, like I mean, Newfoundland's technically an island, but. There's another island off of Newfoundland called Fogo Island. Oh. And Fogo, F-O-G-O. Jeez. And it it looks like it's from like the early <laughs> 1900s. It's just like from another time. It's wow. crazy. I'm going to look yeah. that up because that's, uh, that's one next year my buddy and I want to do. He's like, yo, when I come back from Australia, East Coast roadie? And I was like, East Coast roadie. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Newfoundland, eh? Yeah, and uh, it's it's a really it's a really cool cool spot. There's so much uh, land that's not inhabited by humans. Um, the city I, the city I grew up in, which is Hamilton, mm-hmm. we've got like five hundred thirty eight thousand people living there, and that is more than the population of the Newfoundland Island as a whole. And like the size of the actual size of the land is just like astronomical. astronomical. Enormous. Yeah. And so like all the, there's so much open space and that's cool. You know, the, the winters are cold as far as I've heard, but uh, I think that maybe one day, you know, if I, I do have the option to transfer up there and I think that eventually I might end up moving there. That'd be uh, cool. St. John's. Yeah. Oh, I'd be sick because every time like I grew up watching this show on CBC because we had four channels and my parents are pretty old fashioned that way, um, technology wise. But uh, so the show called Republic of Doyle was based on CBC, like in Newfoundland. And that kind of inspired my. All right. I want to go out there. I've been to Halifax like seven times. Um, I had one of my buddies who moved there second year. So every, like every couple months, I just fly out to Halifax for a weekend. Um, and then, yeah. I just been everywhere around the East Coast, everywhere around the West Coast. Never been above, and never been on New, uh, to Newfoundland. So that's a wow. uh, that's one of the bucket list items for sure in the country. So you got to get out there, man. Honestly, the people yeah. the people there will let you in, and and they're so the hospitality there is just unreal. Everybody really? is the nicest, nicest. Awesome. That's perfect. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Good good that's a i think that's the best way like that makes or breaks a trip i think for sure is the people you meet yeah yeah so 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 genuine so kind kind hearted people uh live in newfoundland and uh i mean a good example of that is uh if you ever get a chance to go see the play called from away home away Um, yeah come come from away it's about uh when 9 11 happened uh all the well, a, a, an enormous amount of the flights that were were, were being grounded mm-hmm. had to end up going to Gander, 
uh, in Newfoundland, which yeah. is a relatively small city. Yeah. Um, and their their population grew by like two hundred percent in a, in a matter of hours because all the planes that were supposed to be going into the U.S. Yeah. got diverted and all all landed in Gander. Oh my! And, um, they they opened all the schools. People were like you know they got off the plane and went and lived with a, a family in the next town over and Jeez. like the people in newfoundland were doing soup kitchens and prov- providing food beds and houses for these people for weeks and they don't need to do that they're doing that out of like the kindness right like that's like hey we got this hospitality for you instead of instead of them just opening up a couple schools they're like hey welcome oh that's crazy you said come from away yeah, come okay. from away. Come yeah. from away. Okay, I'll watch that afterwards. If you're into plays and musicals, it's great. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can make exceptions if the story's good. I'm in the stories. <laughs> I don't really you're like oh musicals. I'm like, oh, if the story's good, like oh, yeah. I'm there. Yeah. So and when it comes to East Coast stuff, like more often than not, the whole like all the story and then rum runners, that everything out like East Coast story wise is just prime. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a love for story. That's really it. So, but so what has been, because we covered like the worst experience or not thinking negatively, but um, switching gears, what's kind of been like the favorite trip you have been on so far? Because you've been like, you've been to vent like to Italy and stuff. You've been like across the pond. You've been north. You've been south. Like, that's a, that's a good question. Um, I did like, I, obviously, I liked Italy. Yeah, you can't <laughs> not. You can't <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a pretty cool trip. But um, I don't know. They just keep, they tend to just keep getting better and better. Um, I mean, that's not a bad way to go. No. No. <laughs> I, uh, I did do uh, a short trip uh, to BC mm-hmm. when I was younger with my family. Oh, nice. And uh, we flew out to uh, Calgary, and we went to the Badlands. We went to the Dinosaur Museum. That's nuts. And then we drove from there to a small town in BC and stayed with uh, some relatives. Mm. And we went, went around hiking, and they had, a, they had a cabin on the mountain. And uh, we... We got to go sleep a couple nights at their cabin on the mountain, and uh, I remember coming out of the the there was a what are the what do you call it a shitter an outhouse, <laughs> and uh, it was late at night it was dark, yeah. and we have we were having a fire earlier, but uh, everybody had gone in the cabin and I was I, I had to go to the bathroom so I went to the outhouse and then I came out of the outhouse, and I was I was younger I was probably like. 11 12 maybe mm. and i i think that they were wolves maybe they're coyotes maybe there was a group of dogs i don't know <laughs> but in the mountains of bc i would imagine they might have been wolves <laughs> yeah they're probably wolves man <laughs> yeah they're, they're huddled around the uh, the campfire we must have dropped like some hot dogs or something and i came out of the, the outhouse and i was just like oh <laughs> close the door back in that thing oh no <laughs> Yeah. that freaked yeah. me out that freaked me out and then, as it did oh yeah man. and then we, we drove up to uh alaska and we got the uh a grizzly bear it was pretty cool 
What was Alaska like? Because that's a lot like mine. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of trees. Lots of uh, roadside motels. <laughs> uh, you know, it's just kind of regular. Nothing different. The I, I'm sure it's changed now, but the board the border wasn't really much to uh to deal with i think we just drove right on in it wasn't really like it was just like oh now you're crossing yeah Be mindful of kodiak bears Jeez, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy yeah. but that's uh yeah that's, a good trip. that's nice but, uh, yeah huh. I, I i do uh i do like the east coast trips too though because nicole's family's from out there mm-hmm. and so we go out and we see her nan and her pop and they cook us jigs dinner and i went uh i went fishing on the ocean with their uncle and we were oh, uh, like bottom bottom fishing for codfish no that's nuts oh it was super cool yeah. oh my god man when i go out to newfoundland when i go out east i'm gonna let you know and i'm gonna ask you where the best spots on the way are and then where the best spots when i'm there because that's like dude nobody knows it nobody knows a place like locals Oh yeah. I don't care how many times, how many pages you scroll through on Pinterest or how many hashtags you follow on Instagram. There is nobody who knows a place better than a local. I follow another guy out there and, uh, all like every day he goes out hiking and the whole, like he's got his own Instagram page. Uh, I think it's, uh, backwoods cabin NL, I believe. Okay. Shout out to back with Kevin. <laughs> and uh, he did, he hikes around and finds abandoned cabins all over the island. Like he'll hike for like he'll he'll go on Google Maps and he'll zoom in and find little things that look like a shack. He'll or, just you know, go. And he, he hikes through the bush to find them, and it's just oh. it's, it's a really really cool uh, cool account. That's he nuts. Straps a camera to his dog, and they just like boogie off into the woods and yeah oh my god yeah i'll definitely uh i'll definitely let you know when i go because i'm definitely gonna have a couple questions especially if uh if you got people out there you know people out there then that's oh man that's yeah nobody knows like a local and like people like that and then i found when i was out not so much out west but more in um europe when i reach out to people and i'm like hey this is what i'm doing in this area do you know like anybody or anything you see and more often than not people are very very more often than not for sure really welcoming it's very surprising it's very surprising so you saying how nice and how wholesome newfoundlanders are kind of makes me very very excited to see the potential and what like see what potential's there and uh yeah see some cool shit come to fruition so yeah man you won't be disappointed it's a pretty pretty cool uh slice of earth yeah that's pretty awesome that's awesome so joey kind of wrapping up though i'm really interested i want to ask you about this you have an indie rock band or had an indie rock band like tell me about this man how'd you get into music like this is uh this is crazy yeah it just kind of i just kind of rolled into it I, I found like at a, at a young age, uh, we we're doing like band and stuff in school in like middle school, grade six, seven, eight. And I could kind of like pick up any instrument and sort of be able to play it and just 
figure it out without a whole lot of hassle. Huh. Nice. And so when I was in when I was in middle school, I did like clarinet, uh, trumpet, tuba, drums, bass guitar, mm-hmm. and then that kind of you know got me into uh, playing more guitar. And I used to play in like punk bands. Like when <laughs> when I was like when I was like 10, 11 years old, we were rocking out and playing like Ramones covers and. Mm. And then uh, that kind of turned because my dad was big, big on uh, Ramones and the Clash and Sex Pistols right. and stuff. Like that, right. So that's kind of what I grew up on. And so I started to get into the like the whole punk thing. And then uh, that turned into like hardcore, thrash hardcore, like melodic, melodic yeah. hardcore metal. You know? Jeez, that's crazy. Yeah. And Where's so we, we, uh, we were we did a couple tours like in Quebec and Ontario and had a blast, man. Just like five guys in a band just boogieing around and having a, having a time. That'd be a really good TV show. Like a docu-series, five guys in a band or in a yeah, band yeah, or something, yeah. something along those lines, add that to your page, like something cool. Yeah. Oh, there would be, a lot of, there would be a lot of uh, censoring, but yeah. Oh, all, <laughs> everything will just be like blurred out. Even if yeah, it doesn't yeah, need yeah. to just, Oh man, nah, that'd be funny. And then uh, I started doing like uh, singing, like singing training. So rather than screaming, like I did in the hardcore band, I was doing like singing training. And I kind of did the whole um, Dallas Green thing and I started playing like singer, songwriter, indie, acoustic guitar stuff mm-hmm. and singing at the same time. And then that kind of, I wrote, I wrote uh, like uh, an EP. And then I recorded it and I played all the instruments on the record. I played the drums, the bass, the guitar, the second guitar and, and the singing. And then I re- I produced this CD and then I ended up like asking around for other, other uh, players to, to join in. I found my, my buddy Shane, nice. who's a great guitar player. I had already known all these guys from the, from the hardcore scene right mm-hmm. so i had like this network and then i got chain on board and then ethan and matt and uh and we started making records with this indie band and uh you know i think it was a lot of fun i think it could have went somewhere but uh yeah you know life gets in the way and yeah priorities and then trying to go think, keep everything together yeah and uh you know, a hobby turned occupation can some kind of sometimes muddy the water and then yeah. enjoyment, enjoyment kind of gets taken away from it. But yeah, I've heard that like two or three times this week from different people around just be like, man, I was really, uh, I'm really into cars, but I now never work on my cars because I do it all day. I'm like, well, yeah. there you go. So yeah, yeah but at least now like you still play like you said at the beginning of the show like you still play it's just you're just not producing anything out like putting anything out there kind of thing yeah i think i think i got um what i wanted out of all of that you know touring having a blast i remember uh when i was like really really young my parents had asked me what do you want to be and i'd say i want to be a rock star you know and you got to become (laughs) one well yeah like a momentary like small, small portion, scale. yeah. But I, I lived, I lived that type of life for, you know, 
for fun. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that if it was anything more than that, I don't think it would have been so much, so much fun. Yeah, it'd feel more like, like you say, like a chore or an occupation. Just something yeah. to pay the bills. And there's a stress that comes with something like that. And it's there's a yeah. pressure that creates fatigue. And then you get drained from it. And then that ruins the passion. There's a, there's a, a, a friend of mine who did end up being like a large-scale, large-scale musician. Huh. <laughs> and uh, I heard through somebody else that they kind of found themselves backed into a corner because now they can't really do anything else with their life except for do this one thing mm. and they don't, they don't really have a backup plan and you know that 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 could be very stressful i would imagine yeah it's like well if this doesn't go well and you're banking on not your own performance you're banking on what other people think of you which is kind of the shittiest shittiest thing it's like hey if people really like you you'll do well but it's very tough to control what other people think it's pretty much impossible you can use emotion to sway but that's pretty much i think as good as you're gonna get so yeah i think that i think that looking back you know the transition from high school being involved in bands and doing university and flunking out of that doing all these shitty jobs to get where i am today like i've got zero regrets and it's nothing but good times as far as i like look back on it you know that's awesome now joey closing up what do you think is one thing you've learned or one message you have that you want to kind of spread to the people who know you and are watching and listening or the people who have never heard of you and are just here for me or the people who just are interested to hear what you have to say mm-hmm. yeah i don't know um Get outside. And, uh, <laughs> you know, don't don't try don't try and plan your next step. Always, like, fall into your next step. Let let yourself just kind of roll into it. Roll it. You know? Fall into your next step. Okay. Get outside and be with nature, and you know, be kind to the earth. When you go when you go on a walk, pick up trash along the way. Stick it in your pocket. Interesting. You know? I like that. I like that a lot. So, man, um, where can people find you? What do you uh, What do you want to plug? Now's your uh, red carpet moment. So, uh... I can. <laughs> um, so yeah, you can check check out Wild Geographer on the Instagram. I've got a YouTube channel that I upload a lot of my outdoor activities and outdoor adventures. Mm-hmm. Uh, do some gear reviews. I let you let you know the you know the pros and cons of all the equipment that I use and you know if uh, if you like the outdoors and you like you know sharing adventures join the community and uh, love love to have you. Amazing. All right, and yeah, everything will be linked um, in descriptions and stuff uh, to you, Joey. I really appreciate it, man. This is a, this is a blast, brother. I'm uh, I'm grateful for your time and uh, thank you for being here, bro. Awesome, Glenn. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I had a blast, and uh, it, w- it was a pleasure getting to know you. Awesome, bro.